Hey, I'm Ruben from Dub. Welcome to Connection Loop, our actionable podcast about building businesses with daily human connections. Connection Loop features long form interviews with fascinating people in sales, marketing, and beyond. Enjoy today's episode and learn more about Dub at dub.com. And we are live. Hey guys, this is Ruben Dua from Dub's podcast, Connection Loop. And I'm here with Rita. And we're going to talk about a topic that is uncomfortable to some. And it's something that for a lot of people, it's actually still very antiquated. Uh, there's a lot of places, unfortunately, that have not that have not really evolved to include, you know, workforce diversity and just general overall inclusion. So this is an extremely important topic, something that I'm very passionate about. Rita is the expert about this. Rita, please give us a little bit of a bio on yourself and uh, what explain what's going on. Yeah, thanks for having me, Ruben. Um, So yeah, I mean, I'm I'm from the UK originally. um, And I started my career in finance. um, And I started at Goldman Sachs in London, I was there for about 10 years. And then I um, moved to the pharmaceutical industry. And then after I was in the pharmaceutical industry, I actually, I was in business development. So I traveled here, there and everywhere. Um, And I actually found myself in New York where I live now and where I settled after I got married. Um, And then I have two small children who are now five and seven. And when they were young, I took about three and a half, almost four years off to raise them. And I noticed that when I was considering re-entering a professional career of some sort, whether it's finance or healthcare, after they're old enough uh, for me to kind of, you know, um, put into nursery or trust another caregiver to look after them, I realized that there were so many biases out there that particularly at the time um, women faced when they had taken some time off to raise their family. So that's really what planted the seed for me really getting properly hands-on involved in this sort of timeline and process, which ultimately led to the birth of Uma, an empowerment journey for women and minorities predominantly to sort of um, empower confidence, inspire professional success, and sort of build resilience and leadership. Mm, amazing. And, and how did you come up with that name? So I call, um, it's an interesting actually story. Um, I call Uma the goddess of go-getting. So, because um, in Hinduism, where the name originated, Uma is a goddess. She is a mother, she is a daughter, she is a sibling, she is a wife. So she really depicts all of the many, many roles that women at some point in their life have in their face. So, um, which is very empowering, full of determination and full of confidence. So that's sort of where the goddess of go-getting came from in the name. Amazing, the goddess of of (laughs) go-getting. I I have been watching, I've been on a little bit of uh, binging spree of watching... uh, some old classic comedy movies with my son who's who recently turned seven so most of them are pg there's been a couple of pg-13 films and one of the things that i've realized is that the way in some of these kind of older 80s movies 90s movies the way that inclusion diversity is represented in the media back then was so terribly inappropriate. And it was things growing up that I never even thought about. Yeah. For example, in the in the film Ace Ventura with Jim Carrey, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's 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 hilarious, it's old, it's kind of antiquated, but there's so many things that are inappropriate about it. And if those things existed in today's environment, yeah. there'd be lawsuits, you know? And it's interesting because I realized that we were all, you know, my generation was, maybe your generation was brought up where media would portray 
diversity, women's rights, women in the workforce uh, in, a, in a very questionable way, in a very inequitable way. Absolutely. And, you know, as we all know, the, the reality is that art mimics reality. That's what we see as kind of what we do, right? I mean, except for the, except for the hoverboard and back to the future and, you know, the flying cars that are supposed to be here <laughs> in 22, you know, a lot of what happens today is because of what we see in the media. Yeah. So my first question for you is, how has that changed? How has the, the media portrayal of diversity, inclusion, gender equality, how has that changed? Yeah, I mean, that's a really good question. So, you know, same thing, a major influence as a child growing up would be watching TV. And at the time, you know, when I was younger, there were limited TV channels. So you would bond with anything that you were shown. You would, back in my day, we used to watch VHS cassettes and sort of queue up to, to go watch them and then DVDs. So this is something that majorly influenced our upbringing. And even today, when you look at TV channels, there are changes. Um, people are more aware that you know they have to sort of um, you know portray society real life society as it is um some of the old what we used to call just jokes that were out there that, oh that's just a joke don't take it seriously were actually things that would actually hurt communities and people and therefore you are causing segregation rather than bringing people together and remember the media influences people some people get 100 percent of their education in certain parts of the world in certain um, areas from what they see on tv when somebody says something they take that as gospel sometimes so it's very important what you portray being in the media is something that represents really the world around you and you take that view um so you know part of what i'm doing as well in um in the uma show is trying to get those voices out Ruben. so you know we've been portraying south asian women in particular and creating role models out there because historically when you turn on the tv and you find talk shows for example there isn't really much out there in the South Asian population. So um, by trying to create those role models, basically, you know, there's that phrase that if you um, if you can see it, you can be it. But if you can't see it, if you don't see those role models, how on earth can you aspire to be these things? So that's sort of part of what I'm trying to do my part in getting the media to change as well. But so many people around the world are actually acknowledging that there's an issue and let's uh, collectively do something about this. Got it. That makes that makes sense. If you can see it, you can be it. That makes that makes total sense. I think there is a visual association that we get, um, you know, especially when we're young, you know, in terms of our role models and figures in the media. Uh, that that's that's so well put. Uh, you mentioned kind of the the South Asian uh, addition to this and that sort of framing. Um, do you India especially, or I, maybe I'll say the the South Asian subcontinent. It confuses me a lot because when I think of, you know, let's just say India's roots, uh, there have been women in power for, for decades. You know, that, that has not been a problem to get a woman in a, in a powerful position. That, that is not a problem. But on the flip side, there's still a tremendous amount of misogyny, inequity, you know, just general lack of human rights that we'll notice. And, you know, this comes in the form of, you know, workplace environment. It comes in the form of physical boundaries you know why why such a disconnect um in that region of the world i don't know if it's if that's a global thing i mean maybe i could apply everything that i'm saying to our planet where it's actually yeah. very inconsistent um but i guess the question is you know where do these inconsistencies come from and how do we get them to a better place 
Yeah, and that's a great question. So I think to your point, it isn't necessarily only in India. These are some things that we are aware of because um, we see it on TV, we see it in the media. People are bringing out their voices now. But, you know, um, historically, there is a divide in poverty in the socioeconomic system in India, for example. There is also the caste system that still exists in some areas of India. Um, and there's a viewpoint there that, you know, it's a very family-oriented culture, which in so many ways is great, but there's also a flip side. So, for example, in these days in India, you know, a lot of um, women um, have careers and they're working, they get married. But the tradition is that when you get married as a woman, you live with your in-laws. So even though you might be working very long hours in some parts of India, you're still coming home and there is an expectation that, OK, you know, you know people aren't going to eat unless you physically put food on the table. Or if you have children and somebody looking after them, you're still overall in charge of their education and what happens to them. So these are sort of inherent biases that are existed still in the societies. Now, the reason I think this is actually very relevant is that you've got to think about the Indian diaspora and other countries around the world, too, how they sort of emigrate to other countries. So, for example, take the US, take the UK, for example, a lot of Indians and other countries, you know, people from all over the world come, they immigrate, and then they set their homes up in the US or in the UK or any other sort of Western country. But what happens is they bring their viewpoints, they bring their cultures with them. Conversations you have at home still exist according to how you're brought up. So when we talk about diversity, inclusion, and the workplace, there is a lot of um, unconscious biases that exist. And that is really something that is created by our upbringing and what, what is put inside us. So I think Knowing and being aware of that in order to make change happen, we have to be very knowledgeable and acknowledge that, you know, we do come from backgrounds. We're not trying to change that. But in order to make something happen in the future, we have to know that um, understanding different viewpoints and showing that there is a different viewpoint and a way forward makes a difference. Mm. Lovely. That makes sense. And what problem would you say that you're solving and how are you solving it in your career? So, I mean, there, there's so many. Um, the reason I actually started off with women and minorities is because that is, um, I happen to be a woman and a minority, um, and I faced a real life problem. I felt a bias in the workplace, um, where at the time it was almost difficult to get back out there if you've taken a proverbial gap to, to raise your family. Um, I'll give you an example. Harvard Business Review um, did a study a couple of years ago now um, where they sent blinded resumes off to employers. And um, everybody in the resumes had taken a career break of some sort, two years off. Um, and the study showed that anybody who stated that career break was for parenthood, for motherhood, was 50% less likely to even be called for an interview than somebody who had a career break for being laid off. And that is the unfortunate reality of the society that we're in. People assume that if you took a career break, you've decided to leave your career. Therefore, how can you be um, focused? How can you be a go-getter? How can you be in there in the first place? Whereas if you were let go, it's almost like poor, hardworking person, it was out of their reach. So it's almost that bias exists in so many different levels. And that's one of the reasons I'm trying to create this platform, a global platform, to fight against it. Mm -hmm. And how can how can we help? Uh, how can we help your cause? What are some of the things that we can do to promote this, to get the word out? Uh, what are ways that you are using marketing? You are using video. You're using original content to kind yeah. of evangelize this. Yeah, I mean, great point. I mean, I think just talking about it helps. Um, 
historically we used to keep things to ourselves now we're just going out there you know to your point you know we have a lot of video content um we have you know the uma show um done with with mana tv international um to really showcase the voices of role models out there so we can people can have aspirations as well but also our career talk series you know we are getting out there and actually bringing issues to the forefront and actually tackling them head on so this is to inspire individuals we're thinking of the next steps in their journey, getting that inner voice out, building that confidence, but also companies as well. They can't make change happen unless they know how to. You know, so many times, Ruben, you hear about people wanting to make a difference, wanting to help, but they just don't know how to do that. So what we're trying to do is provide that platform that almost like easy to follow directions to get people on the way. Mm. So how much of your process is, um, is content creation? How much of it is is uh, boots to the ground work with organizations. What's your kind of pie chart? Yeah, so it, it is a good, it's a great com um, combination actually. So um, I would say pre-COVID, pre-quarantine, there was a lot of boots on the ground. Um, I myself used to travel everywhere, um, invited to speak at conferences, uh, opining on gender equality, diversity, inclusion. That's all now being done via virtual platforms, you know, webinars, um, streaming, different kind of platforms like that. Um, so there's a level of content um, that has been delivered via trainings, um, but also there is vi visual content. You know, there is, I think, no better way of getting to reach people than showing somebody real people speaking or graphics or something like that. So we really try to, on our social media, on our YouTube channel, on our website, to actually give people that visual, to actually feel what we're actually trying to say. And what would you, what would you say your, your workflow is, your kind of process in terms of content creation, um, it, having interviews, re recording them on whatever platform you use, putting them on YouTube, putting them on social channels, sort of building your tribe. What, what is your, your process? Yeah, so I think um, for us, it's very community driven. Um, you know, you, we are building a tribe ultimately. So we're trying to bring out voices and issues that we feel are important. You know, for us, we're looking at the diversity and inclusion space. So workplace culture, um, imposter syndrome, anything to do with confidence, anything to do with doubting yourself. How do you get out of your inner voice? We try to pick up first topics that interest folks in the real world and then from that build on the content do people like to see it graphically do people like to see conversations chatting like you and i ruben or do people like to see interviews from actual voices out there so we have to do there is a big analysis component ahead of the video content that people see a lot of the time people just i guess see the content and think wow that's a great video we're going to like or we're going to share there's a big thought process that goes behind that um, so it's a lot of planning that goes in the back end of everything that is seen virtually and visually out there and with respect to creating video content and then making it actionable so that when people watch something, they're inspired to, to take action, to truly affect change from content, from video. What, what would you say, what would you say you're doing? with respect to that? Yeah, I mean, so we try to keep it quite interactive in the sense that, um, so there's two things. We have our, our TV show element, um, which is just an in interview with somebody very inspirational, a role model. Um, the other part is the t um, career talk series, the UMA Talks. That is usually compiled by people having actually sent us questions in advance. We try to engage our viewers, our community, our tribe in advance. So we know they're gonna watch it afterwards. Um, and we try, you know, via Instagram, uh, via the social media, as well as YouTube as well. So we are actually picking on the back of what real people have said is a concern they're facing. So that's one of the ways we interact. And then afterwards, we always, always open the channel to say, just come back and 
comment on our post. Tell us what you're actually feeling. What were your experiences? They can agree. They can disagree. They can differ in your experiences to what we've faced as well. But we want people to share that. And then how are you leveraging social media to promote the cause? I think social media really depends um, on who it is we're targeting. If it's our individuals, um, our I would say mostly our women and minorities that we're building confidence for, building up the inner voice, social media is a big part of that. You know, there's a lot of groups on sort of certain social media. But there's also, you know, Instagram and, you know, Facebook, for example, that we, we do that. For our professional clients, I would say LinkedIn is a great platform because they usually follow that for professional guidance and advice. So it really depends on which clientele it is and what we're trying to um, promote, I guess. Mm -hmm. and, and who are some of the people that you've interviewed and what have you learned from those conversations? Oh, so we've interviewed, um, so um, in our The Uma Show, a TV show, we've interviewed who we, you know, who I call like an inspirational role model, a mover and shaker in their own right, um, people of the South Asian um, heritage, um, whether it's here, whether it's in Canada, whether it's in India, whether it's in the UK, we're trying to go global with this message. Um, we've interviewed a Bollywood actress, we've interviewed a former Olympic swimmer, um, a former Wimbledon tennis player, you know, we've in interviewed folks that are really at the top of their fields that people can actually be and want to be. So these are sort of some of the folks we're bringing out because traditionally we've never seen those voices. I've had people, you know, so many people commented, Ruben, to say that, wow, I didn't even know that that existed. Like people actually did that. Like, wow, I didn't know Indian people played tennis professionally other than the odd one person we hear about. Or, wow, there actually there was a swimming team. I didn't know that, you know. So this is actually A, breaking down those traditional boundaries of career perceptions of um, what people should do in the future, but also showing them that with grit, with resilience, with persistence in what you're doing, you can actually be anything you want to. So I'm intrigued how you kind of decided to create a show. Uh, you, you don't necessarily have a background in production or journalism or TV. You, you have a background in business and you've worked in multiple sectors. What was your catalyst point to say, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm going to be a personality. I'm going to start interviewing people. I'm going to have a show. What was your, your wake-up call for that? Because frankly, I, I wish more people were doing that. It just takes guts mm. because a lot of people suffer from all sorts of things like imposter syndrome and yeah. I don't look good. I, I lack confidence. How am I going to do this? Is, are people going to think that I'm a, a weirdo? All sorts of <laughs> objections that I've, that I've heard. And that, frankly, I've personally felt in my life. So uh, what was your catalyst for that? Um, so I would say that I've always, I've always done public speaking. Um, I get told to, like, you know, speak and perform a lot, you know, in a different sort of context. So I'm not camera shy by any means. Um, the way the show actually started was actually probably about a year and a half ago where I was a guest on another TV show. Um, and, you know, I was just sort of uh, given my opinion on something to do with something topical at the time on gender equality. Um, so at the time, um, producer from the current TV channel that I'm doing the show on contacted me back then and said, hey, we saw you on the show. We thought it was very inspirational. Have you considered um, actually hosting your own show in, in essence, sort of interviewing guests and being that personality to bring these voices forward? I thought at the time it was a great idea, but, you know, I had my hands full. I was traveling everywhere, sort of raising two small children, um, just very, very busy with Uma and the growth there at the time. Forward, fast forward to now, um, or six months ago rather, when we were in quarantine and we, I had the same conversation again. 
and said, look, you know, why don't we just get this up and running? Um, you just need a Zoom connection, um, an internet connection, and that's it. And I thought, you know what? Mm-hmm. It's very inspirational. I'd always thought about it, and there is no time like the present. So I kind of just started doing it, and that's really where it started. Nice, nice. I think that the journey of realizing that you can be a content creator, that you can interview people, and that you can create uh, what I what I call the connection loop. You yeah. know, this is this is why we have this podcast. This is why we titled it the connection loop. It's because the creation of original content, the development of relationships, you know, driving people, educating people, sometimes entertaining people through tribes, you know, is really a how we can affect change in our in our mm-hmm. lives, whether it's um, from a, a business advancement perspective or whether it's, you know, diversity, inclusion, women's rights. Um, these are such important topics. So uh, I'm inspired personally. Um, you know, I, I, I think that uh, the, the path that you're on is um, the path that so many people, I think, should be taking. So I applaud you for that. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, congratulations. Yeah. And where can we learn about your channel? Where can we connect with you on social um, yes, yeah, so we have a website. It's www.bebold.beuma.com. Mm. Um, and our hashtags or handles rather are pretty much at bebold.beuma for Twitter, for Instagram, for Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, so please look us up there um, and our YouTube channel as well. It's, you know, you can find that as well on our website and also on our link tree on Instagram as well. So, uh, yeah, and I love what you're doing as well, Ruben. This is such a fascinating way to just bring out other voices and bring out these conversations. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you so much. I wanted to appreciate you for for your time, and uh, we will connect soon. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Thanks.